Hey everyone, welcome back to Satellite House. This week, our guest is our friend and fraternity brother, Will. Will is here this week to talk to us about veganism because Will is our our resident vegan. Say hello to, to the audience, Will. Hey guys. I'm the resident vegan, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, this episode is going to be about Will, of course, and he really wanted to talk about veganism and everything like that. Uh, Will, when and how and why did you become like a vegan? Okay, uh, when? October, Halloween day of 2016. Don't ask why Halloween day, it just happened that way. And then why it started out as selfish as it is, it started out for the health reasons. I was at a period in my life where I was feeling sluggish like every single day. And I I didn't identify the cause as me like directly, but I just like I just wanted to change and I wanted to feel like for example, I would I would nap every time I ate. I would wake up at like noon, eat, and then nap at like one mm-hmm. and then wake up at like 2 p.m and then start my day at 2 p.m and i i'm I'm still not sure exactly what that was i think it was meat now but um i just want to eat healthier and i i asked my mom my mom was cooking for me like every single meal when i was living with her and i asked my mom i was like mom could you like reduce the meat and because i would have meat every single dish every single like lunch and dinner um and she would when I would ask her, I would like she would reduce the meat for like a week or two and then slowly go right back into it and like it was like it, I never asked for anything. So it seemed like declaring myself as vegan was like the only way to just like put some like ground rules and be like, Okay, no meat. You know, like <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let's like take away all the meat. Um and then ever since then it's been pretty 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 easy because my brother was actually vegan before i was vegan so i would always try his food um and so like i already knew a lot about veganism and then i already knew like what how good like a lot of the foods were so it really wasn't that hard to like convince myself that it was like doable because my brother was it was already vegan and he has like every nut allergy in the world and he was vegan so it was like how hard can it be if this guy is vegan I think that's really quite interesting. So you've been vegan for a while. It's been like six years. It's coming on six years. Yeah. Wow. That's, that is a, a, a good long time. I, I think it's really quite interesting that your, your brother was already vegan ahead of time. What, so is like, was veganism like a common practice in your, in your family or was it just you and your brother were the only, were the people who started it all for you guys? We are the only ones okay. <laughs> to this day. Uh, my mom says that she grew up vegetarian. Mm-hmm. She now eats like fish and chicken, but she's like pretty fairly meatless. And then when I went vegan, I asked my mom to go vegan with me and she was vegan for like a month or two <laughs> and then she couldn't take it. She just like, I forget what happened where she broke it, but she broke it at one point and she just didn't go back. She went, no, she broke it and went vegetarian and then she broke it vegetarianism <laughs> later on. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, so. For, for the audience, can you explain the difference between yeah. veganism and vegetarianism? Right. Okay. So, ve- vegetarianism, um, it, it's very loose in how people define the terms. Some people are vegetarian, but then they don't eat eggs, but they still eat milk. And then 
other people are vegetarian they use the term vegetarian and then they they're actually vegan where they don't eat eggs or milk but then the the tricky thing with vegetarianism is that you go out and you will buy a burrito that says vegetarian burrito and it has eggs in it so you might be the vegetarian that doesn't eat eggs but then the thing that's labeled vegetarian has eggs so it's really hard to and so it's not always for it's you. not consistent it's not consistent <laughs> people use it in different ways and so with veganism it's just no animal product okay so i'm i'm gonna get into a, a topic uh that i think is a little bit it, it's further down our agenda but i'm i, I, I want to bring it up early because the question popped into my mind is because i i always think of like veganism you don't eat any animal products does honey count as an animal product yes it does so no no honey either. no honey there's a lot of because i knew no dairy right that's yeah that was very very clear to me but i, I didn't know that there's like no honey either yeah no honey there's a lot of vitamins that have um animal derivatives they come from the meat industry they're just like byproducts like d3 is mm -hmm. very very easy to produce gelatin as well gelatin is like incredibly cheap just because the meat industry is so big mm-hmm and we can't, we don't eat gelatin either. And then there's even a lot of things that people don't even know about. There's a an ingredient called carmine. Do you have any idea what that means? I have, just, I have I've no never idea. heard of that. Never just heard of it. Based off the name alone, alone nobody would ever know. But it's a, it's a beetle that is crushed up and made to make a red food coloring. And the food companies are able to label it as natural coloring because it comes from a bug and not a lab. Okay, so where, what, what sort of foods would you find this in? Um, they're commonly used in like nerds, a lot of Wonka candy, nerds, gobstoppers, a lot of healthy, like whole foods candies will have it. And any, a lot of times when you see natural colors in a candy or in any kind of thing, it, it, like it often has that. Wow. That's, that's, yeah. that's really interesting because you know, if, if you have like, I think chocolate in general really typically isn't vegan though, is it? Because it's usually got milk in it. Mm. There's like vegan chocolates out there. Oh, I'm like, sure I've, they I've exist, seen a lot but of I'm that. just saying yeah. like your your typical standard brand chocolate typically mm. isn't isn't vegan. Like anyway, a Hershey's like a Hershey's bar. Is yeah. that vegan? No, it's not. Hershey's a lot of mainstream chocolate isn't vegan, but a lot of there is a lot of chocolate that is vegan. I don't really know why they put milk in it, because they're able they're able to make it I think just as good without it. I think the milk probably like reduces the amount of chocolate they have to put in it, so it's like a little cheaper maybe. <laughs> but like the only thing we can eat is dark, dark chocolate because that doesn't have milk in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you can add sugar and like cocoa butter and other things to reduce how dark it is and still make like a, a milk chocolate equivalent. You know, I think I think the topic of veganism is very interesting to me, and one of the reasons why we wanted to come on the podcast is to talk about that in our fraternity there's only two vegans and you're one of them i guess for me my my first introduction to veganism is actually through buddhism buddhists uh, believe in reincarnation so a lot of them have a veganism vegan diet so i'm from hong kong originally so that's where i was introduced to all this i would go to like the temples uh there's like a huge temple in hong kong around the temples they have like these vegan cuisine restaurants and it's like a different style of cuisine than like uh, your traditional Chinese cuisine. And it was always like really fascinating to me. We'd go there, we would just go like, oh, we're gonna go eat uh, vegan food because like we're going to the Buddhist temple. But for them, the Buddhists, it's more for like a religious reason. And mm. understanding from you, it's more because of a health reason at first. Um, over time though, did that develop or like, are you still for the same reason? Is it, well, 
I imagine, I, I don't know, you, you probably haven't converted to Buddhism, but is it now for more of a moral yeah. reason is what we kind of want to know. Now it's, I would say it's for both. It's definitely for both. I feel like once you go vegan, like you interact with other vegans. <laughs> I got I got sucked into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I, it's not a bad thing. I'm like, vegan like, community. Yeah, the vegan community, and then just learn more and more and more about the dark sides of like the other side. Essentially, not th- not to like sp- split people. Like the dark sides of the meat industry, and uh, like a lot of the meat industry is like fake and heavily funded by the government, and not a lot of what is like published about you know drinking dairy and eating meat is like false because the government is yeah, like, there's a lot of subsidies that dairy farmers especially get and and you know the meat industry so i, I definitely like get where you're coming from on like you know ironically america this country that is so heavily in favor of free markets we if it, when it comes to the meat industry not so much so i think that's that's kind of an interesting point to bring up exactly so so I, yeah going back like i feel like i got locked in i went into it for the health reasons but i got locked in it for the moral reasons because i've been like shown more and more of like factory farming and like i've literally like had like outreaches and helped out with volunteering about like you know showing the dark sides of factory farming and how unethical the meat industry is it, it literally locks you in because like if i were to go and like just have a hamburger it's like well, what was all that for i i put a lot of <laughs> effort into mm-hmm. protesting against it um yeah uh, and i think there are you know beyond beyond the the animal cruelty you know moral justification for veganism i think there's there's other moral justifications for veganism too just the the idea that you lower your carbon impact right in general it's it's so much more environmentally efficient to sustain to to have a plant-based diet than to eat especially red meat is is by far beef is by far the worst thing that you can eat for the planet um and you know if you if you have meat replacement uh types of food it's it's so much less carbon intensive um and i was reading this article the other day about the prejudice that vegans get that vegans face simply because they're vegan for moral reasons and that there's like statistically there's less prejudice against vegans who became vegan for health reasons versus vegans who became vegan for moral reasons and I found that really quite interesting that do, do you feel that you've ever faced like a, a lot of prejudice for being a vegan? I feel like I haven't. I think maybe back in the day, maybe like in the 90s or 80s or something, it would be like more like, why are you vegan for? But I think I've been often appreciated. A lot of I've come across a lot of people who are like, oh, wow, like I could never do that. But like I, I applaud you for doing it. Yeah, I I would count myself as one of those people. I I I do my best uh to avoid red meat because I know it's it's like the worst for you and it's also the worst for the planet and it's also some of the most inhumane. And so I do my best to to, to mostly if I'm going to eat meat to to try and go for lower carbon impact meats like uh poultry 
or or fish. But I, I do think it would be nice one day if I could ever make make it to the point of being vegan. That that would be you know something to to try and do. I think it's just very hard, and it takes a lot of discipline to to be vegan, especially in the beginning stages. I think if you're staying with your parents. And, you know, if you rely on them a lot for your cooking or your meat, it could be difficult to tell them, hey, I'm trying to go vegan. Can you change up um, the way you cook or the ingredients you bring? And depending if they're supportive or not supportive, um, if they even can remember. I remember telling my parents, like, I want to eat less beef. But they had a really hard time accommodating that because, I don't know, um, I guess Asian households, like, the notion of changing up dietary stuff is, is very uncommon and un, like an unknown concept to them. So it's, it's really hard to, to be vegan um, in an Asian household. Uh, but I really respect you for being vegan and it takes a lot for sure. And it's a goal of mine in my life to at least, I've heard that first step it should be vegetarian and then vegan. You shouldn't step the, skip the vegetarian part. That's what I've heard. Um, what do you think about that? Mm, I agree. I think it's I've I've seen both sides where people just go go straight there. Yeah, just like go straight to veganism. Cold broccoli, and if it, you will. Yeah, cold bro- <laughs> frozen broccoli. Um, um, it it works for some people, but no, the statistics are that it most people who go vegan right off the bat, um, within like three weeks or so, they'll drop out. Oh, yeah, because of that, because they didn't phase into it. Um, and so I think that's one thing that I did was that when I went vegan on a Halloween day, I had just gotten all this candy from going trick or treating. And, <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, I want to be vegan, but I also want to eat this candy first. So I, I, and my mom does a thing where she goes shopping like every single day. So for me to tell her right after she got groceries that, oh hey, by the way, you're gonna have to throw that all out. You know, it would be very hard, and um, I wouldn't want her to like that. Wouldn't be that wouldn't be helping the environment at all to, to just go out and throw away all the groceries she just bought. So I had told her like, hey, I want to go vegan, but I want to fade into it. I don't want you buying any more vegan food. I want I don't want you buying any more non-vegan food for me. You know, you can do what you want for you, but we can use what we have, like the milk that we have or whatever. If you have chicken left over in the f- fridge or whatever, just like use what we have. But I'd like you to start buying vegan groceries or vegan alternatives every time you shop from now on. Yeah. And, and so that's what we did and it, it worked out really well. So I, something I kind of wanted to ask you as well is, do you consider yourself like an advocate for veganism? Do you think everybody should do it? Or do you... Do you have like sympathies for meat eaters and you go, oh, well, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. No, I absolutely, (laughs) I absolutely advocate for everybody to be vegan. I think it's really eye opening after you go vegan, like, like people have no idea what they're putting in their bodies and they're just so okay with that. Mm-hmm. And it's like nobody should be that okay with putting just like garbage in your body, you know, because I feel like capitalism is basically what's in control of y- what you're eating at this point. If you if you just go to McDonald's and buy whatever's a dollar, and you're not even reading like the ingredients because yeah. they, they can be hard to find if you go to a fast food place. It's like you got to find the pamphlet. You got to go down through all the mm-hmm. all the all the options that they have, like a hundred different menu items, and then you got to find the exact thing you just ordered. And uh, it's like incredibly eye-opening once you go vegan. It's like I'm reading every single label that I come across, unless it's labeled vegan. And sometimes I'm just like, 
there's some brands that I really trust where I've just, I, I'll just buy it without reading the ingredients. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I'm curious about what I'm eating. And I never, if it's not labeled vegan, I always read the the ingredients and I have a pretty good idea of exactly what my diet consists of. So that, that brings up a, a question uh, that kind of relates to a, a conversation you and I were just having earlier before the podcast, which is like sort of more strict raw veganism versus there's like a you know more processed foods in veganism and would you would you say that you kind of favor that more strict raws because then then you know what everything is um because obviously things things like beyond meat or you know impossible burgers or whatever like there are there are a little bit there are some more processed aspects to that and so do you do you have like a stance on on that or do you do you feel like it doesn't really matter as long as you're vegan I don't judge people for which <laughs> for which road they choose to be vegan. I think it's difficult to get your calories in if you're not eating the processed stuff because then you're just eating like fruits and veggies, and that's really hard. Unless you're, if you're trying to lose a lot of weight, you know it could be helpful in that way. But I think you're basically just eating salads every day, and that that like that will make you lose weight. Um, I think you, it's it's not necessarily too too hard to get your calories in. I mean, you can always just like eat fries. But even fries, <laughs> like that's a lot of fries. <laughs> like fries and beans, just potatoes and beans are like all you'd be eating. Yeah, that's fair. What yeah. are some like your favorite vegan foods or snacks to try? Like, you want brand names or you want, like... Yeah, give me some brand names some and, brand. like, maybe some non-brand names or just general snacks and foods. Okay, there's a brand called Gardein, and pretty much everything that they make is amazing. They make meatballs, they make their own, um, like, chicken nuggets. They make very specific, um, like, dishes. Like, they'll have, like, teriyaki chicken strips... And it'll come with like teriyaki sauce and chicken, and so you can cook it, and then like warm up the sauce, and then put it over and just have a whole meal. And it's just like they're consistently like one of the best things that I've come across. Yeah, that's really interesting because I love to cook, and you know, like I, I've thought about going uh, vegan before and, and and or going vegetarian. But a lot of my best dishes are like a lot of meats in it. Like for example, like um, birria tacos is one of my best dishes, and obviously you can't make that without meat in it. Um, is there like I know there's like Beyond Meat and stuff like that. Um, do you think you, you used to eat meat, right? Do you think like it's similar uh, to Beyond? What's the future of like that industry and like Beyond Meat and Possible Burger? The future, <laughs> I think. I think they're going to get better and better at making and like replicating what meat tastes like. I, I again, it's been almost six years since I've had meat, so I can't really say that it, it tastes like meat because I can't. I literally forgot what meat tastes like. Um, but I think it tastes for what it is. It tastes really good. Where it has like the texture, it has a lot of flavor. Um, you can do a lot with it where you can season the beyond burger patties and you can even like take the beyond burger patties and they're malleable they're very they're just like just like um raw meat where you can like take the patty and break it into grounds and then put it in a taco and so they're just as like versatile as if you had is it is it is it possible that like i get like a 
in the future um like a beyond meat steak that i can marinate and slow cook in the oven for like three hours and put it in birria probably i i have okay so i have a, a question so your your reasoning today for being vegan is is part would you say that it's mostly based on morality is that an accurate characterization of it it's about half and half it's okay. like both for him so yeah so what do you think about like synthetic lab-grown meat is this any is this any better than traditional meat industry or is this just as bad right i'm talking about like they take some cells and they put it in a petri dish yeah. and they grow it into like a chicken thigh like is that would that be acceptable to eat or is it just as bad because it's still meat that's a good question uh i wouldn't personally eat it i think it's a lot more ethical and a lot better for the environment and i feel like especially when you look into the fact that a lot of pet foods like basically all pet foods are ground up some animal and then if you think about um like the zoo and how they're, they're they literally feed like lions and tigers in the zoo other animals and we could be feeding them this lab grown stuff. I think that's a lot more ethical than like, it's, it's weird that we choose that our dog can eat meat. And like it's little, we're choosing our dog, but not this other animal that's in their food. I, I, cause to me personally, I think that in the, in the future, I don't think anybody's going to eat meat the way that we eat it now. I think in the future, lab-grown meat, if anybody eats meat at all, is going to be the way that it gets done. Yeah, I agree. And lab-grown meat, there's a company called Just Just Foods, and they are one of the most innovative um, companies in the space. And they pr- they're predicting that their lab-grown meat is going to cost a fraction per pound of what regular meat costs. So I feel like the first companies to pick, to pick it up will be fast food and like, you know, because with fast food, you don't know what's in it anyway, right? No, what are don't. we looking at? Like 20 and years from now, 30 years from now, 10 is, years from now, this decade? This was supposed to come out in 2020. So we're already two years behind. Mm. It was supposed to hit the shelves. I don't know if they're struggling with FDA or something like that, but they have it and they've made, they've created lab grown chicken nuggets mm. and they've eaten, they've had their team eat them. There's a video of their team eating I, the chicken nuggets that they grew in the lab. I kind of wanted to ask you, Will, some things that we as that we would be surprised that are not vegan. Like things that I would expect are totally vegan, but they're actually not. You told me about one earlier, and I, I would love for you to bring up that story because that's really fascinating. Um, about McDonald's fries are oh, not yeah. vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So McDonald's fries are not vegan. Because it's, it's like a stupid story, I feel like, that a stupid reason to not make them vegan. But um, basically, in like the 60s and 70s, they had a lot of like independent, like pretty small stores. And they're, when they would make the fries, they would take the meat oil from cooking the hamburgers and turn it put it into the fry the deep fryer for the fries and so a lot of that the meat juice from cooking the hamburgers all day would go in and they would end up flavoring the fries with it unintentionally but then it became like such a a brand kind of thing where it was like their signature flavor 
that that meat in the that meat in the fries became the key ingredient in flavoring the fries. And so now, now that they're like the the big company that they are now, all their fries are produced like offsite at some you know food packaging food pla- you know food processing plant. And now, even though it's that disconnected from the restaurant, they pre like cook the fries basically in meat oil just to just to keep up the flavor, and then ship them to the McDonald's where they they get them frozen and then cook them a second time mm-hmm. so they're yeah so i think that's wild because in, in my imagination right all fries should easily be vegan because it's just potatoes usually sunflower oil right and like salt and pepper and that's that's about it yeah and i think it's wild that mcdonald's does this and it's so fascinating though that something that the average consumer if they didn't know this story would would assume is vegan and in reality it's not yeah and do you think there are a lot of things like that or do you think that that's a fairly unique kind of story for mcdonald's i think it's interesting that they went like that far there's a lot of things that are vegan that like try to get away as plant-based but then they end up cooking it on site in the same like spots that they cook regular meat like the, the the Burger King Whopper, that the vegan Whopper, the Impossible Whopper, Whopper is what it's called. That one is, it and like it turns out that that's cooked in the exact same on like, the same grill on the same grill with the same oil from the the meat. So it's like it's questionable how vegan that is because you could probably pro- like there's inevitably there's some flavor of the meat that ends up in your vegan patty. So it's it's possibly but, vegetarian, but not vegan i don't know if it's even vegetarian because <laughs> it's, it's like it's meat flavored essentially with actual meat that's fair it's, that's it's fair dripping off now more recently they've included an option when you're ordering that you can get it cooked in a separate like space where you can have it like it's designated for vegans basically <laughs> but i've never seen a company go so out of their way like mcdonald's does where they intentionally put it in you can't you can't opt out right I think that's wild. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's really interesting. Um, I think that goes back to like the point that people don't really realize what they're putting into their bodies. A lot of their foods is processed. You brought up like McDonald's fries. And something that I learned recently from one of our previous podcasts about McDonald's fries, Evan, if you'd help me a little bit here, is that they use a lot of pesticides um, because McDonald's really wants their fries to be golden yellow. Oh yeah, they they do they they put all spray all kinds of pesticides on the fields so that you know, and they they genetically modify these crops and they they do all these kinds of things that end up you know affecting you know that the our health but they do it so that way the the fries will always look the same so they'll have this perfect golden fry with no no like black circles or dots in it or or anything like that that might come from you know road like pests like bugs or whatever um and and you know that sort of or you know the shape of the fries so that way they'll be long and you that's not normal you know and so do you think do you think those things are wrong too just from a moral standpoint i know that doesn't necessarily 
relate to veganism, but does it, do you think that, you know, we should go for organic crops as well or, or does it not matter if they're GMOs? I think it matters in the context. I feel like we shouldn't be that obsessed about looks when it comes to our food, because I feel like it's coming at the cost of people's health. If, if the, if the pesticides are having such a, a side effect, with GMOs, if GMOs end up producing more, like more crops and more, they're able to be like feed more people, then that can be reasonable. I feel like I think that's I think that's a fair analysis. I think I I would tend to agree with that. Something I wanted to ask you is: Do you think that veganism should sort of extend beyond just the things that you eat? Um, like, would you? traditionally like soap is made from like animal fat and and stuff like that would you would you say that you know you would you want like vegan soap does that does does that something that you would be interested in yeah i i try to go out of my way and not buy anything that's not vegan when i including like personal products like soap and even um lip lip balm Mm -hmm. Like traditionally has a lot of either beeswax, honey, honey yeah. beeswax, or um, yeah, 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 honey, beeswax, and so I, I buy things that don't have that. Like I'll, I think mine has like coconut oil and just other like avocado oil, just other oils, and they're just as effective. It's just I don't know. It's just like less mass produced so it's not as cheap for some reason but it just doesn't achieve the same economies of scale yeah that that like typical animal fat you you know type things have um does it is it hard like does that does that end up being difficult to find those types of products or do you think it's actually not as hard as as i might think well luckily it's not something that i have to buy like frequently frequently but no they're pretty if you just go to like a health food store, they, they tend to have options where like Sprouts has a good selection of different lip balms, um, Whole Foods as well. And uh, you can find like one or two at Target and Walmart. Mm. Okay. So it's it's not too hard. They're, they're pretty widely available. How about like clothing brands or like... Um, I'm, I'm sure you avoid like leather. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I go out of my way to buy like vegan leather and what is it? vinyl vinyl stuff mm. and i'll it, it sucks that, like i end up paying like a premium on it and i buy like for, i don't know how they like the leather shoes are like or there'll be like leather leather upper shoes that are like 30 bucks and i'm paying like 70 bucks for my vegan leather shoes <laughs> and it's like i feel like it should be cheaper i don't know if it takes more to make it like look like leather but um I certainly don't think plastic lasts as long, and I feel like like it's crazy to me that that there's that much more meat that they have like the leftover leather. I, I'm thinking where it's cheaper, and I guess I guess it's also more desirable for some people. Maybe there's more demand for for it than there is for vegan leather things. But yeah. I feel like I think that's changing though. I think that's quite shifting. Right. Um, I think the world is trending more and more towards less animal consumption yeah at least in the western world i don't you know i think in the developing world maybe maybe not so much but i think um you know because obviously you can point to places like brazil where the amazon is being like burned so that way they can make more space for farmland and stuff like that so maybe not necessarily 
globally, but I think in the Western world, there's definitely a transition away from animal-based products as a whole. Yeah. Um, You told me a really, really quite horrifying thing about milk production uh, the other day. Yeah. um, Which... I, I I did not know. Would you mind uh, telling the the audience about what what horrifying things yeah. happened in the milk industry? So, don't quote me on this because it's something I'm I've never done my research on, and I don't know if it's true or not. But my mom always like looks up articles and just like finds like just like random things. She's like the kind of person she doesn't have a Facebook, but like if she had a Facebook she like falls for every headline and she, oh, like, she's like man. one she, of those Facebook okay, moms. Okay. All right. Disclaimer. Yeah. yeah disclaimer. <laughs> she finds the articles, she reads the headline and she shares them and she doesn't like read into the article. But allegedly, um, the milk industry, um, milks cows until they like bleed essentially, like until they're just completely empty and bleeding. And if too much blood ends up in the milk they turn it into chocolate milk just so that way we don't we don't see yeah. it so we don't notice it they hide it in the chocolate milk but again i don't know how true that is it sounds like something that could happen and i wouldn't be that, that surprised because they are like mm-hmm. pretty corrupt as it is it wouldn't super like shock me if yeah. that happened exactly right. like i do do i know that it's true no but would i be surprised no yeah yeah i think i think that because depends on the farm i would say like i could totally see it happening in one farm but there's also like more sustainable um milk gathering methods or farms that do theirs differently like free-range cows or whatever so every farm is different and and the practices and the amount of cruelty that animals face does vary but you know there are definitely some extremely unethical farming practices that happen and i think that's it wouldn't surprise me if that was something that happened yeah chocolate milk holy crap (laughs) yeah (laughs) it makes me really not want to drink chocolate milk ever again (laughs) i mean chocolate milk is like all sugary like it's it's like it's it's even from from a nutritional standpoint yeah, you know, it's, it's really not very good yeah. for you. But um, goddamn, that shit's good. It tastes pretty nice. But you know what? There's there is a more sustainable way to. Well, I won't say it's sustainable, but there is a more a way to make chocolate milk that you don't have to How? worry about the blood. Uh, you just get regular milk, and then you eat cocoa puffs out of it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the chocolate milk is left over, like cereal. Okay, yeah, like I cereal. got you. I thought you were going to say, like, putting, like, cocoa powder in it and mixing oh, it. Well, that, too. You could absolutely do like that, like, Nesquik or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not how Evan does it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Evan goes out of his way. <laughs> I, I absolutely he, go out of my way to buy cocoa puffs. And, and then he throws out the cocoa puffs and he's, <laughs> he just drinks the milk. <laughs> it just throw out all this soggy cereal and just chuck it in that's, the garbage. That's Evan's most sustainable way to make chocolate milk. <laughs> Far more sustainable. Um, um, something that I I wanted to talk about with you, Will, is you, you were telling me that there's this really cool place in LA called Veggie Grill. Um, and you said that that's where you go on most of your dates. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, so what is it, what is it like dating in the vegan world? Do you, do you only date other vegans or does it, do you not care who you date? 
this is something I've been questioning my whole life. Or not not my whole life, my, my, whole, my whole vegan life. For the longest time, I didn't really care if I was dating a vegan or not. But then, like, more recently, I'm, I've been, like, reflecting on it. And it's, like, if I'm going to be, like, as hardcore as I am about veganism and I'm not buying any meat or, you know, any animal products, but then my girlfriend or my wife were to go out and buy you know a vegan dish on our date or or just like a girl that i'm dating if she just if she buys like a, a an animal an animal product based dish that i you know that i end up paying for it's kind of like counterintuitive to, to everything that i'm trying to do here right because indirectly you're still supporting yeah all these I'm these paying, unethical practices i'm paying for that dish and here she is like ordering a hamburger and i'm <laughs> ordering like something vegan you know mm-hmm. yeah so more recently i've been like reflecting on it and like i'm like no you know like i i don't i don't want to i don't want to do that anymore i want to like stick to my you know my values and find, mm-hmm. find somebody right. else who is right because if you're going to spend the trouble of putting that effort in might as well like find somebody like who be believes with somebody. in the same values right. yeah yeah right it's like a lifestyle thing it's right. going to clash in the future right so is it is it hard to find vegan women to date like is that something that that you like is it is it more difficult to find as a person if, if i were or to is guess, there like a vegan dating site that has like, oh you know like that's a startup there's, idea there's there's dating sites for everything right there's dating sites for religions and occupations and and all kinds of different like types of of things so is there like a vegans only.com no yeah there are there are like plant-based vegan dating sites but they're all like most of the people on there are like 35 45 55 like they're the people that didn't (laughs) <laughs> they like didn't they don't have anybody at that age and so they they turned to that um and not, nothing's wrong with that but i feel like there's i've never come across like college age people on there Very so rare, it's yeah. just at this stage in your life it's not something that you would look into not those websites at least I've, but but i mean i mean like later on those sites might be useful in your <laughs> life if you get if you end up getting to that point, hopefully that not way. you know but yeah. but if if it doesn't but but at this stage because there's just nobody in your sort of age range those those websites or apps or or anything like that is just not typically very useful for you. I mean, most college students right now like are struggling to find food or, or have the money to even provide food for themselves. You know, like to go vegan is just completely out of their most most students like out well, of their it's definitely out of some people's of budgets and and out of some people's it's just super rare i mean on our campus i think it's super rare to find someone yeah. that's vegan like food options are very difficult to f- eat vegan yeah it was easier when i was in la i don't know i thought i thought <laughs> i thought the bay area was more vegan friendly than la but it's not but it doesn't seem that really? way at least you know what i i would agree with you at least i think San there Jose. are there are more vegan restaurants in la than there are here yeah um i think san francisco might be different but la uh san jose is like i i'm i've like the, the vegan community seems very small and yeah. the amount of vegan restaurants seems even smaller yeah there's there really isn't a lot of um like i i'll definitely say there's not a lot of vegan specific restaurants here yeah there there are places that have vegan options like i didn't know recently that ike's sandwiches has vegan options Mm. 
Um, but I, I guess they, they do. They have like vegan, like sandwiches that they can make vegan. Um, so I think that's, I don't know, if you're ever looking for a sandwich shop, that's, <laughs> sandwich shop. that's, a, that's a thing that you, see, you totally can do. Um, but it's not specifically all vegan stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah. I do prefer to spend my money at like completely vegan places. Mm. I, I think that makes sense. I think that's fair. Um, do you think that when you, uh, would you end up one day having children or if, or when you do, uh, would you, would you want them to, I mean, obviously you said you want everybody to be vegan. So I imagine you would definitely want your children to be vegan. Yeah. I would raise them vegan. I would have, I would keep them vegan in the house. I wouldn't buy them again. It would be counter to everything that I stand for to, to buy them meat. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't get mad at them or upset if they, you know, ate cake at a birthday party or like, or decide to be, to not be vegan outside the house. Okay. I think that, I think that's really fair. I think you're definitely a very non judgmental person when it comes to your, uh, to differences in, in, in our diets. Um, I don't view you as a, as a person who like is going to judge me or look down upon me just because I eat meat. And, and I think that that's, you know, I, I would have, I would have this, a mutual, um, feeling about you you know like I, I i think there's a lot of people out there who throw a lot of shade at vegans um but i i don't see any any reason why i should like why am i gonna get mad about what you're putting in your body like yeah. <laughs> um i think also like for them like growing up if you're gonna keep it within the household all vegan food the food you're gonna gonna cook is all vegan like being vegan and eating vegan food is going to be the normal for them. Um, but one thing that can happen is is when they start going to school and they're realizing that, oh, it isn't the normal or the mm-hmm. average thing to do be ve- being vegan and whatnot. But I mean, like, hey, if you're cooking, like, good food, they'll happily be vegan, you know what I mean, enjoying what they eat. Yeah. I think kids can be cruel and judgmental and that, that child might get a little bit of shade. But, like, you know what? There's some really delicious vegan food out there and i think the the more and more that we go along and the more and more vegan options that become available the less and less that people are going to have any shit to say because like there there are things that are vegan that like i fully did not know were vegan when i ate them and i was like damn this is great <laughs> you damn never, all this food. like you never would have like will you and I went to a pizza restaurant today and we got a vegan pizza. Right. And I fully like, if, if I didn't know that that was a vegan pizza, I would not have known that that was a vegan pizza. Like I would not have sat there and been like, Oh yeah, this is a vegan pizza. I can tell the difference. Like, no, that fake beyond me. Italian sausage tastes like Italian sausage. And I think eventually we're going to get to a point where you can't tell the difference at all between real meat and meat substitutes and it's not going to matter you know as much to 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 feel like you're missing out or something you know yeah and i i i think that that's going to be a really great day for the planet when we can get to a point where you're you're going to be able to to make a more ethical and more 
environmentally friendly and more healthy decision and not feel like you're missing out on something mm-hmm. that you enjoy. You know, we've been to, to Cineholic and they make, uh, it's like Cinnabon, but entirely vegan. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Absolutely delicious. Fantastic. I actually think they're better than regular Cinnabon. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think there, there's so many really cool vegan options. I, I was reading about this place. Uh, like I think it's a chain in LA called earth cafe. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think everything they have is vegan, but no, I know they're not. I've been there. I, I know there's like, they, they do have vegan options though, I believe. Yeah. Um, and that like, I think it's just such a, a growing trend to to want to be healthier and to be more sustainable, and and to be better. And I think it's it's the future. You know, mm-hmm. I think veganism, or at least a, a variant on it, is is for sure the way that we're going. Yeah, I agree. Do you, how long do you think it's going to take for the world to be an entirely vegan society how long how long do you think would you project that that's gonna i don't know about the earth but i feel like <laughs> mars is definitely gonna have to be some sort of plant-based Ooh. oh you right because who's gonna ship a cow to mars <laughs> just for the meat just to kill it <laughs> just to kill it in a year no you're right you're right and then you have to ship another cow to mars it's like, so much harder to produce animal products in space yeah it's so much easier to grow potatoes you can stick potatoes in like any kind of dirt yeah pretty much and they will grow yeah um and you're you're absolutely right the, the people who f- are the first people who land on mars the first colonizers of mars are absolutely going to have to have a plant-based diet that's, I think that's a good point yeah that's a really fascinating analysis um because you can for sure i you know, I've seen the Martian. You know, you could for sure grow a bunch of potatoes on there mm-hmm. on Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, what are like the health benefits? I know that we were talking about this earlier. Uh, you know, we were saying that we feel less bloated. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel less tired after, you know, because um, when you eat a lot of meat, you feel like get a little food coma. And you yeah. get kind of heavy yeah. and sleepy. And- are you more attentive, more energy, you feel lighter? Your poops are cleaner. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely a lot more fiber, so I imagine pooping is probably nicer, right? Do we want to get into pooping? <laughs> well, we've not, talked about shit on this we podcast have, but a couple I, I, times. I've had to cut uh, most of that out. Um, <laughs> okay, but then. you can answer like the health benefits part. <laughs> okay. Then lightly touch on the poops. <laughs> that, that's an important part, though. Okay. For sure. Just a brief, just a brief discussion okay. of shit today. The poops are great. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna say that. Um, shit's great. What was the other question? The health benefits. The health benefits. Um, I'd say not more energy, not less energy, but more consistent energy. Hmm. And I've heard this analogy of like us being like tigers and lions. Like those animals sleep like 16 hours a day. Right. And they have like entire meat based diets. And it's because their bodies have to digest that the meat for so long that they just like shut down and they nap for literally nap and sleep for most of the day and they're only awake for very few hours of the day and um i've heard that our bodies are like have a similar reaction to me where we take it in and it, it like takes up energy to literally digest it um 
And so I think it's like that where it's not necessarily like I have more energy, but I have more consistent energy where I, I don't, I don't get hit like that where it's like, I think that was exactly what was knocking me out when I was, before I was beginning where I was, I was feeling sluggish and I was feeling like I couldn't go on through the day without napping right after I ate, which was crazy. Right. Like, like that's so, I don't know if I'm the only one. But I think it's, it's a satisfying way to live, but I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> productive, you know? It, yeah, no, it didn't feel productive at all. Um, but yeah, I think it's more, more consistent energy. Other, you will find stuff on online that claims that it can boost your immunity and stuff like that. But I don't, I wouldn't believe it. Like we're getting the same vitamins. I'm taking supplements to, for like B12, um, because that does, that's only like a meat based thing. Unless you have like, unless you're eating like some specific allergy, there's like one plant or something that makes B12. And so that's like my supplements are plant based, but, um, but like basically like I'm just, I'm getting the same exact vitamins as a meat eater. And I, I think that's something that was much harder in the past, right? That before it was so much harder to get all the same macros and, and micros and all those different kinds of, of nutrients. Um, because back in the day, there just wasn't as many options. Yeah, probably. And so you, you probably, you know, if it was like, you know, the 70s or the 80s and you just had carrots and broccoli you really can't live off of just carrots and broccoli yeah and um, especially now a lot of the foods i'm eating are like fortified like beyond meat actually has beyond, um now they have b12 in it like just infused into the meat so you're eating it and it's like just like a normal hamburger would have b12 it has b12 yeah and see i think that you know like i said that, like that's exactly an example yeah. of there's just so much more out there today right and it's so much easier and healthier to be vegan now than it would have been in, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. Um, which I think is amazing that, you know, modern technology is enhancing the capability of what was naturally there to let us live health, healthier, you know, cruelty free lives. Yeah. Um, so, this is definitely a little bit off topic, but because you're, you're partial of your reasoning for being vegan is, is morality and, and reducing uh, cruelty to animals. Would you say that um, like a cruelty to animals in other forms is also a, like a big concern of yours? Like, do you consider yourself an animal rights activist as well or or is it mostly centered around like let's not eat them <laughs> yeah give an example like 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 circus animals like oh yeah it's not you know there's there's a lot of mistreatment or i i know there are some people who even say that like we shouldn't as a species own pets like the idea of having an animal that that we own as our property is unethical you know and we, I, don't, I don't know what it would what are your feelings about that yeah okay so with the circus i feel like it's it's hard to deny <laughs> how abused these animals are because they they're literally like the elephants literally like do like a conga dance yeah 
Yeah, like, no, that's fair. Like that's completely out of nature. Um, but then the the owning owning a pet debate. Um, I do think it's odd. Like taking a step back and looking at it, that we can own another living thing. That you know that like a, like like dogs are you know being as smart as they are and everything like the fact that we can just take that and be like you're mine. It's weird to me, um, but I also do see how they help a lot of people. So it's a difficult debate. I I personally, I feel like I wouldn't own an animal, but I can see like exactly why people do because it's like the companionship that they offer and uh, the unconditional know. love and like yeah and they, the they truly become part of the family yeah yeah and then especially service animals they yeah. oh yeah you know, no that's yeah. that's fully understandable the the bond between a blind man and his dog you know is is just it's totally on a different level because they rely on each other so heavily yeah you know it, it really it's a partnership yeah in that instance it's not an ownership you know they without one you wouldn't have the other <laughs> yeah um i mean obviously you could but it's just i'm just being a little bit metaphorical and and wistful and, and i don't know i don't know audience don't get mad at me um <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think that's sort of interesting. Um, Jason, did you have any other questions for Will? Yeah, I'm looking at the agenda here. Um, you wrote down Miyoko's uh, liquid yeah. mozzarella and just egg. What are, what are those yeah, about? Okay. So there are some like very innovative vegan foods. Um, so one thing I wanted to touch on was the fact that um, it, you know it's it's hard to replicate. Um, non-vegan foods in vegan form but some like very innovative companies have come out with um, like just completely new approaches to traditionally non-vegan things and so like for example with with mozzarella with cheese most people right in most cooking situations you don't really ever eat just like raw just like solid cheese right like you you're that's either, fair nobody ever takes like a block of cheese and just starts eating it yeah. like. <laughs> i mean unless you're unless you're like a cheese and wine person or a cheese person but like in, in a cooking situation especially in a pizza you don't just want like shredded cheese at the end and just like hard shredded cheese you want it melted right mm-hmm. in a grilled cheese sandwich you want it melted mm-hmm. in just about every single cooking situation you want melted cheese Unless it's like a salad or something, maybe. But so um, this company called Miyoko's, a very innovative vegan company. They they are very like they are like they specifically make like cheese and milk things. Um, so they were their their like take on it was to start at the end and to make a liquid cheese that's already melted, so that you can just pour it on anything. And have um, a melted cheese, which I think is pretty cool. So, like, you can pour it into bread and have a grilled cheese sandwich. You can pour it on top of um, a pizza and just have already melted cheese. 
and then you can still cook with it. You can still grill your sandwich and still bake your pizza after the fact, and it browns after you do that. But it's interesting that they just like decided to start at the end instead of having a solid and then having it melt into um, melted cheese. They started with melted cheese because that's what everybody wants anyway. I think that's really smart. I think that makes it a lot easier because the idea of like, you know, melted cheese, like the idea of like a grilled cheese sandwich is that you, you put it on the, it's solid and then it becomes liquid and then it solidifies again. Yeah. And I think that's very hard to do with, with vegan replacements of, you know, dairy products. Yeah. And just to make it, just the one step of let's just make it liquid and then it solidifies and that's it yeah you know that's yeah. so much easier and that's really that's you're you're absolutely that right that's very innovative and very smart um i think that's super cool tell us about the just egg yeah so the company i mentioned before just the, the ones that are all, they're also dabbling into lab-grown meat they created an egg so they they have this laboratory a food laboratory where they go through and they test out different properties of different foods that exist in the world uh so they go through and they test out can it scramble can it like froth and can it um like brown or like just like different properties like do these foods have these different things and so they'll just take like you know a potato and be like can we get it to froth and just like no and they just go through as many Mm. things as they can every single they just run this like standard test through every single um you know ingredient that they can come across and so they came across this um bean called the mung bean mm-hmm. it's very popular in indian dishes and in, in india i think and i i don't know of like other cultures that use it but it's not very it's, I don't, it's never been very big it's never it's not an american staple by any means mm-hmm. but they came across this and they decided to scramble it <laughs> and they turn it turns out you can scramble it into an egg and it, it's, it's a very plain tasting, but you can get the texture of an egg. And then if you season it just right, you can get the flavor of an egg. Yeah, I think that's really the biggest challenge is not always flavor. It's actually the texture. Yeah. Right? Because flavors are, are easy. There's all kinds of chemicals right. for synthetic flavors and this and that. And they, they can totally do that. Um, and then a lot but, of flavors are plant-based anyways. So yeah. it's like a lot of seasoning is already plant-based. So Yeah. I, th- I think that's, that's so cool though. Like that they can mimic the texture of certain things. I heard that there's like some, some fruit that has the texture of like scrambled eggs or something like that. Um, I, I have no idea what it is. Uh, that's I, crazy. I think you, fruit. I think you make up a really good point. It's that, yeah, there are fruits maybe, out there that have the texture of a scrambled egg there's like mung beans out there that you can turn into like um just egg or whatever it is um something that i re- noticed when i came over to america is that there's just like a whole world of other like species of varieties of vegetables and fruits and like other like flavors that like um, the average american have not experienced before i think like after all this talk I really want to go to a vegan restaurant first of all it sounds freaking amazing yeah but something even crazier is like there's vegan food obviously from india there's vegan food from like china there's vegan food like all over the world that i think we should totally try and look for restaurants um earlier last episode of the podcast we talked about pizzas and you know like have you had indian pizza before like indian pizza there's like uh vegan options as well it's really freaking amazing 
I think uh, you bring up a really cool point, Jason, uh, about like, I think vegan food takes a lot of inspiration from world cuisines, right? Like something that, that you and I ate the other day, well, well that I ate yeah. when we went and we got vegan food. I had tempeh and I had never heard of tempeh before in my life. Um, but it's, it's actually soy, but like, like mixed and fermented in this like really specific way. And it's like native to Indonesia. And like, this is something as like a Western person that I would never have heard of, but in Indonesia, this is just common and it's been around for centuries. You know, it's like an ancient art to make tempeh and vegans are not afraid to take the best stuff from all around the world and say, Hey, look at this stuff that has been around forever. And it's used in this cuisine internationally. And we can use it in a way, in a different way to try and recreate this food that we are very familiar with here in America, because the, the tempeh that I got was made to resemble barbecue chicken and it, and it both had the texture and flavor of barbecue chicken, which was crazy. Right, I would never imagine that you could make soy into barbecue chicken, but you can. Yeah, and and I think that's really amazing, and it and it takes a lot of exploration to find those cool things from around the world that suit our purposes that we want them for here in America. Yeah, exactly. I think one thing that's really interesting that I thought about recently is that a lot of people see the vegan diet as restricting and limiting limiting mm. but it's like i feel it it's like more like expanding than it is limiting because it's like like you said like we're taking cuisine from around the world and then using it for other purposes and reseasoning it and just like the amount of different like vegan chickens i've had the amount of different vegan hamburgers i've had like different plant-based things you know you like not, <laughs> not okay go ahead <laughs> not vegans <laughs> literally only eat <laughs> like uh, like a, a meat-based hamburger right mm-hmm. and then i've had like soy-based wheat-based mm, you know like there's like whole, like tofu mm-hmm. and like just like mm-hmm. all these different kinds of ways to make black bean you know um and so it's like the amount of different flavors and like how i mentioned like the experimentation with the different cheeses and the, the eggs and the you know like there's so many, you wouldn't imagine how many different ways there are to make cheese or a replica of cheese, um, versus a, a non meat eater who just eats like you know the one type of cheese traditionally that there is. produced dairy cheese. Yeah, 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 the one type of cheese that there is basically. Um, and so there's that, and then also going vegan, like you end up kind of like re-exploring everything that you used to eat in a new way and it's almost like trying everything again for the first time because it's like you're probably like three years old when you first had your mac and cheese and now you've got to find another alternative because you can't eat that anymore so it's like finding out how to make a better mac and cheese you know mm-hmm. there's like different different again with the cheese there's so many different ways to make cheese and some so many different ways to have like mac and cheese and mm-hmm. And you just like rediscover all your favorite foods again, and it can be like it, I, I found it to be very fun, and I, it's like still 
I find it, I find it to still be very fun because it's like I go out to a vegan place and it's like, oh my god, like they have every vegan place has an entirely different way of making the same food, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, it, like that exists, right? A different different taco places make tacos different ways, mm-hmm. but this is like a completely different. A completely different way of making tacos. Oh right? yeah, it'll it'll it, instead of it being, you know, the difference between Northern California and Southern California, it's the difference between California and Mars. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's 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 a a dramatically wider gap in the way that it's made than normally. You yeah. know, because everybody might have a different spice blend that they put on their taco meat. Yeah, but I not think, everybody makes their taco meat out of some completely different plant. You yeah, know, that's like, exactly it. Yeah, so the texture, you'll go and eat like two different tacos and the, t- the two different, two tacos from two different vegan places will be completely different just because the, the texture change, not only the, just the flavor change, but the texture changes too. And I think that's really cool. And you get to decide what texture is best for you. Right. Um and I, I think that's really cool. Um, tell us about, um, what is it, animalfree.org? Yeah, so animalfree.org. <laughs> this is my favorite. This is, I, I've been waiting for this. Um, so this is a website that I'm starting. Um, oh, this is your website? Yeah, this <gasps> is it's not out yet. <laughs> so don't, I guess, don't, don't try and visit it right now or you won't really see anything. But um, bookmark it for the future. But basically, after a year of going vegan, um, I I bought the domain name and I was like, you know, I want to make it easier for other people to go vegan. It was like a one-year anniversary thing that I was trying to do. Um, and I wanted to create like a vegan search engine where you can like scan the barcode of any food and identify whether it's vegan or not. And so it, it never came into fruition. It never happened. But I'm working on it now, and I have a guy who's helping me code it. And so pretty soon, I'm trying to get it done by like August, mid-August. But that's soon. absolutely incredible. So though. it's a search engine, essentially a search engine for vegans. Yeah, where you can type up like our Cheerios vegan. They're not, but you search, <laughs> and you wouldn't think. You wouldn't think that. <laughs> See, that's that's exactly what I was talking about. Things that we think are vegan but that are not. Yeah. Why are Cheerios not vegan? Please, have, please tell me. They have vitamin D three, which comes. It only it. Vitamin D three can either comes from from plants or animals. Vitamin D two is another D vitamin. It's like the a very close equivalent of D three, but it only comes from plants. But with D three, the thing is, D three in America with the meat industry being as big as it is, is almost always meat and never mm-hmm. plants. Um, the only time it's made from plants is like some algae and they have to like grow it in a lab or grow it in a controlled setting to, to harvest it for the D3. But basically it's always um, animal based. And so, and then, and then there's, there's different, there's different, there's even different words to describe what D3 is in it. So you can like, look up if if they specify they can you can look mm. up so you can call up like kellogg's and be like hey are your cherries vegan and it's, it's been done before and they're not and it's because they have d3 and it's so weird because they could they could just remove that one vitamin and, and replace it with d2 which would do pretty much the exact same function right they can replace it or just get rid of it altogether and they all of a sudden it'd be vegan but no they they insist on keeping it that is so wild yeah. see we 
I don't, I don't know. In my mind, right, the, the idea is that they're trying to get vitamins into Americans, and we certainly need, you know, m- more vitamin intake. And so I get why they would want to have that vitamin in there, but they should replace it with D2 instead, right? If D2 is plant-based, why not go for the vegan right. option? Why not do that? Like It's more expensive. Yeah, but the, the, it's, <laughs> that's dumb. Like, yeah. everything's more expensive nowadays anyway. Like, it's inflation. Just chalk it up to that and, like... At least we'll have a vegan Cheerios. Like it's stupid that Cheerios aren't vegan. Right. <laughs> like that's dumb. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a little bit of a rant. Um, but like th- that's so interesting. You know, yeah. like I would never have expected that Cheerios aren't vegan. Yeah, a lot of things that are like processed are not vegan, right? Yeah, especially a lot of like uh, similar things that are fortified fortified foods are. Yeah, you know interestingly something that that i my fascination and i was talking to you about this before will is is like wine there are a lot of wines that are not vegan and you would think how how is that even possible like bitch it's just grape juice like (laughs) and it's because of the some of the chemicals that they use when they make the wine clear and they remove sedimentation from inside the wine and 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 this and that and they try to make it more like translucent so you can see through it the some of the chemicals that they use in that are are animal based um sometimes not always um there you can find vegan wines but they just it looks like it looks like most of the time they're not most of the time they are not vegan yeah uh which i think is wild like that that's super weird like why um i know there's and and in in the world of of alcohol which for the most part we think of as just being plants and you know like beer is come, supposed to come from barley and like but there's a lot of beers that are not vegan either um because during their production process they might use some some kind of chemical that's again animal based um and i think that's that's really wild too um that there's just so many things that we think of that should totally be plant-based but are not um and and you're you're absolutely right when you said earlier that this really just goes to show how little people know about what they're putting in their bodies right um i think i think you're that's that's such an interesting idea and concept and, and something that people should really consider more um, I look forward to using your website. Yeah. I, I am totally going to do that. Um, because not, not necessarily because like I, I want to be vegan, but because I want to find more weird shit like that. Like I want, I want like, it's just, even if, even if it's not like for the intended purpose, but it's just to learn neat things, you know, like, yeah, I, I think that's so, so fascinating. And, and if I can find something similar that, that is vegan then why not get the vegan one you know why why not make the healthier choice or the more ethical choice right um and i i think that's something that a lot of times uh non-vegans complain about in in respect to to trying to be vegan is that it's so hard to find alternatives and but sometimes it's not as hard as we think I think you've you've really opened my eyes to that. You opened my eyes today too. Like you educated a lot uh, of vegan topics and what is veganism all about and your reasons why and all the types of amazing food 
the uh, the concept of bridging cultures through food, right? Yeah. Um, the culture of veganism and why you do it, but also like the health benefits, and we could really taste that and understand why you guys do that for the average American or person like me when I try vegan food. Like, oh, okay, I can understand why. Like, I can learn more, and perhaps honestly, one of my goals in life is to go plant based one day. I see the benefits of it. Um, so thank you for doing that for us today. Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I thank you so much for, for coming on our podcast today. Um, I, I'd like to, uh, you know, as, as we go, I'd like to say uh, like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube channel. Follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, like and follow on Instagram and um we'll we'll see you all next week thanks everybody do you have any final shout outs will <laughs> no okay i'll just um, cut that out we're good okay yeah that was really good bye guys bye